If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Revolt Black News, presented by State Farm. This week in Revolt Black News, the globe is spinning. From South Africa to Haiti to Cuba, it sure feels like someone keeps shaking the globe with folks all around the world hitting the streets and armies being deployed. And tensions, they're rising. And we can only ask, are things getting better or are they getting worse? Y'all see the international lens no longer serves as an escape from the problems we have here in America. And while these are entirely different climates, a black person abroad can still be viewed as an outsider. So today we do what the culture has always done. We seek refuge in our music. And you better believe that our girls on the court, well, they've been about that work and they're gonna help us find comfort as well. So if we can, let's just try to shake the globe ourselves and get it spinning the right way. Welcome to Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. Now, between the situations regarding South Africa, Haiti, and Cuba, which we'll tackle in headlines, we wanted to broach a broader and separate international conversation about black experiences and perceptions in the diaspora. So joining me is British comedian, London Hughes. London, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, dear. So one of the things that, of course, is still very top of mind for black folks here in America and across the diaspora, of course, uh, was the recent treatment of three black English uh, soccer footballers uh, who were racially berated on the global stage on social media just last week. Uh, we remember after England's loss to Italy, yes, in the Euro final. London, what did you think about that um, from both a social media perspective and just how it was handled in the mainstream media? Oh God, um, so many things. Firstly, I was watching it from, I'm in Los Angeles right now, so I was watching it from Los Angeles and I was in a pub with about 500 British people in Silver Lake in LA. And when it got down to penalties and I saw that the three black men missed their penalties, I was just like, I already knew the racism was coming. I was just like, oh God, no, it's gonna. And the thing is, it's not even like, it's not even that they had to have got scored. It was the fact that uh, seeing a black man just, just take the penalty, first of all, the first thing every black person in Britain is thinking, please score, please score, please score. Because if you don't, right. it's going to turn into a racial thing. And then all three of them didn't. And yeah, I saw, I was crying. I literally remember watching the game, mm. feeling down because we lost. And then my cousin was sending me all this stuff on social media about things that were happening in, in London. And they had a thing called like punish a Negro and and not the actual term Negro. the Not Negro. Term. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they Punish mm -hmm. an N-word day. And, and they had things where like, you know, if you could, if you, if you hit a black person, you get a certain amount of points. If you spit on a black person, you get a certain oh, amount they, of points. Oh, it's a game. It was, it was a game. Yeah. And it was kind of like punishing oh. us for losing. And then there was loads of fights that broke out, I saw the footage of that. I saw them throwing a black man in the river. Like, it, honestly, I was just crying. Um, and the craziest thing is, Britain 
denies it's racist. Britain will say to its blue in the face, we're not racist, we're not racist. And I'm like, Britain, you're so racist. I live in America. <laughs> like, that's how racist Britain is. I've left. <laughs> I'm in America. And I feel like that, sh I'm sad that it happened. But I think once everyone, once the media saw that what happened and everyone was outraged, now the topic of racism is finally being discussed properly. Instead of we, we were getting gaslighted, it, now people are actually going, oh yeah, maybe Britain is racist. And so we're having the dialogue now, talking now. Um, it's crazy. And I feel for all three of those boys and I just hope their mental health is strong enough to carry them to the World Cup um, next year because we need them. We need them. London, I want to ask you, um to speak a little bit about uh, the compare and the contrast for your experience. I know now you're in Los Angeles, like you just told us, you kind of, uh, you know, shot the deuces after Meghan Markle left. Um, how has your experience been, literally, how has your experience been as a black British woman, both uh, during your time in the UK um, compared to your time here in America? Wow, that's a great question. Um, basically, it's crazy because there's two different things. There's one career-wise. So career-wise, I'm a I'm a black female comic, and that's basically like saying I am like to quote Tiffany Haddish, uh, the last black unicorn. Because honestly, black women in entertainment in the UK, we are often overlooked, muted. No one really cares about us. We're never really we're never really allowed to shine. And I've been doing stand up in the UK for 11 years, and I watched all my white friends that I started out with go on to huge success. And I just knew in my gut, something told me that I should come to America and see how, I, see how it goes because England does not respect black women in entertainment and that's a fact. And so I came over here thinking, you know, I'm gonna work really, really hard and try and knock down those doors and just really, really try and give it my all. And I got to LA and I went to knock down the door and the door was like, <laughs> come in. And I was like, wow, this is, same. Yeah, it's only been a year. My life has changed. And that's all thanks to hard work, but also how America treats its entertainers, especially black entertainers. Whereas in the UK, black people are seen as like a tick box, like a not something that people really want. It's just like, oh, we've got to have a black person. So uh, you'll do. That's how they do it. Whereas here, you, if you're talented, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever, you will make some headway. Whereas in the UK, that's not always the case for people of color. I want to ask you between several of, you know, the Net Netflix co-productions, Amazon co-productions, the BBC Three uh, production in which, of course, you make an appearance. We've got actors, uh, Idris Elba, obviously, Titan of Industry. We see the great work of Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, we'd be here all day. Right. What do you think about the black British dominance here in American Hollywood? It's so interesting because I feel both sides. I feel what my African-American actor friends may feel because they, they might be like somewhat jaded by the fact that there's so many Brits, black Brits over here killing it, but they need to understand the history behind it. And the history behind it is this. Basically, I'm just going to be real, real and factual and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings for what I say. Um, basically, there are in total five... TV channels in Britain um, that you would want to be on as an actor. Five. There's not hundreds. There's literally five or four. And those channels, 
they don't make black TV shows. So to get a part on those channels, you'd have to take the role away from a white person because white people don't write roles for black people. So you had to be better than the white person they saw for that role, if that makes sense. And then to get on that channel takes time, years. Like, it's just so hard. And you're also not getting paid a lot. So every actor that's black that you see coming over here doing exceptionally well, they're doing well because they made it in England. Do you know how hard it is to make it in England? It's so hard. If you're a black person on television in England, I'm so sorry, you're already way more talented than a lot of people and a lot, a lot of Americans. Only because, not because of, you know, bar for bar who's got talent. It's literally because there's no opportunity. So for you to get to where you are in the UK, by the time you come over here, it's absolutely refreshing. The actors that are doing well here aren't shit. The actors that are doing well here are exceptional. Like there's been talk about Cynthia Erivo. I know some people in the black community don't really, don't really like her that much. I, I, you need to understand the woman is talented. Whatever you feel about her personally, she's insanely talented. She's, she's on her way to becoming an EGOT winner. She's under 40. Like, she's, she's, she's insane. Like, none of these people are just mediocre people. Samson Idris, like, insane. London, my dear, we appreciate you. We're so proud of you and everything you're doing, and we appreciate your time. All right, y'all, next up, we've got your headlines, so stay tuned. We've got much more Revolt Black News after this. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. Here are this week's headlines. Turmoil continues in South Africa. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The aftermath of the arrest of former president Jacob Zuma. Now on Tuesday, a South African court granted Zuma a request for a delay in his arms deal corruption trial. Now while Zuma's legal team argued that the delay should happen so that he could appear in person in court. The high court judge did not grant a reason for granting the delay. Now over in Haiti, on the heels of President Jovenel Mohise's assassination, Ariel Henry has replaced interim Prime Minister Claude Joseph. Let's take a look. L'une de mes tâches prioritaires sera de redonner à la population l'assurance que nous mettons tout en œuvre 
pour rétablir l'ordre et la sécurité. C'est l'un des dossiers principaux auxquels le président de la République voulait que je m'attaque. And more updates regarding Cuba. Protests have ramped up in Miami and Internet has reportedly been cut off in Cuba, making it even more difficult to know the current state of unrest on the ground. Now, while President Joe Biden is saying that he stands with the Cuban protesters, the administration is facing historical challenges and restrictions to directly support the Cuban people. Let's watch. Folks, I want to start by recognizing the remarkable protests that are taking place in Cuba. With the Cuban people demanding their freedom from an authoritarian regime. And I don't think we've seen anything like this protest uh, in a long, long time, if, if quite frankly, ever. Um, and the United States stands firmly with the people of Cuba as they assert their universal rights. And we call on the government government of Cuba to refrain from violence and our attempts to silence the voice of the people of Cuba. Over in Texas, the state Senate has passed a new bill. This one removes the teaching that the Ku Klux Klan is, quote, morally wrong. It also additionally eliminates aspects of both civil rights and the women's suffrage movement. And more, the law is set to begin to take effect beginning in September. But opposing lawmakers would like to rewrite this legislation before the school year begins. Now over in COVID news, doctors Rochelle Walensky and Dr. Anthony Fauci from the CDC both testified before the Senate this week with important coronavirus updates. Both doctors said that the Delta variant now makes up 83% of all positive COVID-19 cases in the U.S., with a reported 48% increase in the past week. Now, as usual, with questions from the senators, there was no love loss between Drs. Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. Let's watch. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among animals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. And you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. Have and if anybody and is lying here, Senator, it is you. And the Olympics officially kick off this Friday. But with more than 70 COVID cases in connection to the Tokyo Games, many folks are wondering how the competition will eventually shake out. Now, of course, we saw 17-year-old tennis sensation Coco Gauff has already withdrawn from the Games due to testing positive for COVID-19. Coco shared her news in a tweet by saying this, It has always been a dream of mine to represent the USA at the Olympics, and I hope that there will be many more chances for me to make this dream come true in the future. Here at Revolt Black News, we wish Coco a healthy and speedy recovery, and we look forward to this young queen competing at many Olympic Games in the future. 
And as concern grows in the 1,300 and counting COVID cases in Tokyo, Toshiro Moto, the head of the Olympics Organizing Committee, did make the following statement. We have agreed that based on the coronavirus situation, we will convene five party talks again. Now at this point, the coronavirus cases may rise or fall, so we will think about what we should do when the situation arises. So as the International Olympic Committee looks to persist with the games in an effort that many see as an effort to salvage a multi-billion dollar media rights deal, they have lost out on some advertising dollars with the local Japanese automaker, Toyota. Now due to the growing COVID cases and backlash, Toyota has decided to pull local advertising, but they will still air commercials in other markets. And lastly, over in sports, the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions for the first time in 50 years after defeating the Phoenix Suns. Giannis Adetokounmpo dominated game six with 50 points, bringing home the NBA championship and the finals MVP. Congratulations to all the Bucks players and the organization, as well, of course, as a big congrats to the Phoenix Suns for putting on a great NBA final effort. All right, y'all, that's it for this week's headlines. Up next, we've got Mandy B., Chastity Melvin, and Ms. Ari Chambers to discuss the WNBA and everything that it's bringing to its 25th season. Y'all stick around. We've got much more Revolt Black News after this. Revolt Black News, guys. My name is Mandy B, and I will be guest hosting this segment on all things WNBA. I'm not here by myself. No, I am not. I am joined with a good friend of mine and a legend. I am joined with former WNBA player and current Phoenix Mercury coach, Chastity Melvin, and amazing sports journalist from the Bleacher Report, founder of also Highlight Her, Ari Chambers. Thank you both for joining me. I'm just happy to be here with my, my sister in. I'm super hyped. My Wolfpack sister, Mandy B. Let's get it. Let's get it started. No, no wait, man. You didn't know we both went to NC State. I just have to shut that out. We both went where? <laughs> to NC State, North Carolina State University. You already know. Oh, I was going to make sure Chastity got that in on here, okay? Chastity, it's the 25th season of the WNBA, and we're just now seeing the WNBA become a household name and get the recognition that the organization deserves. How does that feel as someone who started as a player and is now a coach in the WNBA? It's an absolutely rewarding and great feeling. First, to just start in as a player, it was my lifelong dream to play in a professional women's league in the States. And so I'm very excited about the WNBA as a whole becoming a household name. But what make, what make it just even better for me is when the teams start becoming household names. And um, that would excite me more, just like people know. The NBA is a household name, but they also know about the teams and the players. They know where they're located, what cities they're in. And I want, you know, for a whole, the WNBA to get to that point, to that level. 
And Chastity, you're definitely a part of an amazing organization. I hear so much about the Mercury. So y'all are doing fascinating things over there on the West Coast. All right. All right, let's talk about the season so far, though. There's the inaugural WNBA Commissioner's Cup, which is an in-season competition that designates a portion of regular season games in the first half of the season. So that's 10 per team, 60 total. That's right. We're doing math over here, okay? To count toward yeah. cup standings. And the cup prize... <laughs> will be a whopping half a milli, $500,000. How are we feeling about this? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, Manny, I know math is your favorite thing ever. <laughs> but no, I, I love the fact that it brings back the East versus West competition because you know a couple years ago they eliminated East versus West, West and they just started taking the top 18s. So it was a great way to incorporate conference play into everything and playing a little bit for more. So the CBA allows them to get more money and this is a part of their prize money allotment. So just being able to see the East versus the West again and that's like what I love and then the fact that they get a little extra change, that's it. All right, ladies, let's get into some Olympic talk. We saw Team WNBA defeat the U.S. women's team 85-73. to 73. And currently, the U.S. women's team is going to look ahead to Nigeria on Monday. I'm ready. We saw them take two L's, but come out on top in the last game. What are you guys' predictions for Monday? Let's start with you, Chastity. Well, the Olympics, the USA women's national team will beat Nigeria, you know. And they definitely are coming back with the gold. And then they will tie the men with the longest consecutive win. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Streak with gold medals at the Olympic in women's and men's sports. So I'm excited about seeing what they do and what they accomplish. Honestly, y'all heard it here first. If that happens, <laughs> Chastity Melvin told us, guys, all right? Ari, how do you think the U.S. women's team is going to fare in this year's Olympics? So it's interesting because you have so many storylines that are lined up for this. You have Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi going for five. You have the U.S. women's national team going for seven in a row, which is completely unfathomable. But it's a dynasty, right? So I don't think the U.S. is going to bow down pretty easily with a dynasty. And you've seen in the past Olympics where it hasn't even been close. I, I believe it's like 72 consecutive wins in Olympic play, which is insane. So I have no doubt in my mind they're going to secure the goal, going to bring it home, and all those storylines will be fulfilled because us as the media, we love to see it, us as the fans and, you know, the citizens of the United States. It's just something that is, like, really, really prideful, especially um, with Coach Don Staley, who was a member of the 96 Olympic team, coaching this year. I want that for her, too. I want all the women to win. I'm super excited to see how they fare in this year's Olympics. And, guys, we see more women in the league now also who are not only preserving their mental health, but they're also reminding us that they are women, that they are also mothers. Chastity, can you explain the maternity leave policy that the WNBA and the WNBA uh, Players Association agreed upon last year that is maybe one of the most revolutionary maternity leaves in sports? Well, Mandy B., you said it. It's revolutionary. Uh, what other organization, what other business do women get to miss the entire year to have their baby? Um, in the U.S., they get up to six to 12 weeks for maternity leave, and then they have to file for disability or they can use their vacation days. Well, some organizations allow them to use their vacation days, their sick days. For the WNBA, if you think about 12 weeks, 
it's revolutionary because our season is three to four months, maybe five months if you go all the way to the finals. And for these uh, for these women to have that security that, okay, if I do become pregnant, um, I'm not getting cut. I, I still have an opportunity to chase my dream of being a professional basketball player. Because when I came into the league, you know, it was like, I know women that played pregnant. I know women that got cut because oh, they were wow. pregnant. So, so, so it is definitely revolutionary. Um, just that, you know, you have that security that, okay, I can have my baby. I can be with my child and, and still have health benefits and for some still get paid their contract. And there are, there's so many careers that make women almost choose. Do I want to be career driven and sex successful or do I want to be a mother? And it's so difficult for women to have to choose. So I love that the WNBA has implemented this maternity policy. Absolutely. All right, before we get out of here, we're starting to see more and more women players included in the public eye. Y'all know where I'm going with this. NBA 2K 2022 is making history as Candace Parker is the first WNBA player to land a cover on the video game, and that's a big deal. What are your feelings on the women athletes telling the men to move out the way? I don't even think they're telling that. They just transcend generations. They do what they need to do, okay? Miss Candace Parker, I mean, that is far, far overdue. I think that she's a player that's such a staple in basketball and often doesn't get enough credit for that, um, you know, reshaping the game itself. And so why not have her on the cover? Not Why not have her as that representation? Because everything that Candace Parker stands for is the future of the WNBA, is the future of women's basketball. It's, it's the marketability. It's the fact that she can do everything. She is a mother. We talked about motherhood. The fact Absolutely. that she is, you know, her and Lauren Jackson, just positionless basketball, just going into that whole new era of basketball. I think that it's a great homage to, you know, the the past generations because she's a product of that and a great look to the future um, generations because she she represents like who they look up to. So shout out to 2K for having that representation. I know that that's what we, we've been wanting for so long. Um, but just the pride seeing that happen, you know, Candace, like that's, she's close to my heart. So I just love seeing her win and I love seeing the women's game win. I love seeing the WNBA win. So it's, here's one of many, because after 25 seasons, we here, and that's what we need to be doing more often in, in 2K and gaming. And plus a lot of people, a lot more people are very vocal about their involvement in gaming. So that's really cool too. Just having that widespread representation. I know that is right. Ari and Cassidy, thank you ladies so much for joining me in this WNBA conversation. Let's definitely do this again. All right, more show on the way. DJ Damage and Bex Francois celebrate this week's Black Excellence after this commercial break. Don't go away. Welcome back, and now it's time to get into all things black and excellent. I'm DJ Damage, and I'm hosting this week's Black Excellence in Entertainment. And joining me is someone very special. I know you know her from the Black Girl Podcast. Please welcome friend of the show, Bex Francois. Hi, everybody. Nice to be back again. <laughs> okay, let's start off with Meg Thee Stallion, who's making history as the first rapper to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated Magazine's Swimsuit Edition. The theme of the swimsuit issue is opening eyes, speaking truths, and changing minds. Now, we got a couple of these to get to with Bex, 
Let's talk about Meg. Yes, let's talk about manifesting Meg. <laughs> um, she shared on her social media that she one day definitely wanted to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated. And lo and behold, here we are today, and she is serving everything from head to toe on that cover, giving us body, giving us melanin, giving us inches, um, and giving us confidence. Megan knows how to own the power of her beauty and her body and her sexuality, and she's serving all parts. My girl looks good in every shade of limelight. So go ahead, Megan. Yes. I love it. And the best part of this is we're not done. Also making her Sports Illustrated debut and adding to the list of firsts is Naomi Osaka. She's also featured on one of the three separate covers, becoming the first Haitian. Okay? Haitian, I'm going to say it again yes. so you can show some love. <laughs> and Japanese woman <laughs> to land a Sports Illustrated cover. Let's talk about everything Naomi's doing. Yeah, shout out to Naomi, my fellow Haitian queen. Um, let's before we get into it. We have to, I know, <laughs> we have to get into the fact that my girl is a four time Grand Slam champion and she's only 23 years old. Only 23 years old. Um, she's very much aware of who she is as she grows in the field that she's growing in. Um, she's aware of the weight on her shoulders. I had the opportunity to watch her episodic series uh, produced by Uninterrupted. Um, and she's very much aware of who she is, and she is pacing her steps. She um, knows the expectations that are placed on her, but she's very much committed to the expectations that she places on herself. So it's really a beautiful moment to see her owning um her spirituality, her beauty, her mental health, and her power, just like Megan on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You go, girl. I love seeing it. She knows how to serve on the court and also on this cover. <laughs> and Lena Bloom is also making history as the first transgender cover model and trans person of color to hit the pages. She said this, we deserve this moment. We waited millions of years to show up as survivors and be seen as full humans filled with wonder. Congrats to Lena and all three of these women. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love the most about Lena is the moment that her cover was revealed, she took to her social, just like Megan, to really speak about the moment. And what she did was highlight all of the women in her tribe that poured into her and vice versa, her pouring into them and brought them into the moment with her. I mean, I just discovered Lena. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm really happy that I did in this way because the way that she's celebrating is uh, it speaks really truly to her character. She's a beautiful human being inside and out. And it's quite evident in the way that she's been carrying, you know, this moment of success for her. So congratulations to all three women. They all look beautiful. And the celebration continues as we speak on fashion designer Kirby Jean Raymond, founder and creative director of Pure Malls. He's making history. Yep. Jean Raymond has become the first ever black American designer to show at Paris Hood Couture Week. The show What You Is highlighted everyday objects created by black inventors. Bex, let's talk about why this is so groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking because, I mean, this isn't typically how a lot of designers approach uh, this fashion week, but Kirby is definitely one to give the industry the middle finger <laughs> and decide exactly how he's going to show up in these traditional spaces. Um, I had the honor, and yes, honor, of being a uh, part of crowd one on day one that got rained on. Um, but we stayed, we were committed to seeing exactly what this genius mind had come up with for this Paris week, for this um, this runway. And we were not disappointed come 48 hours later when these models took the runway and these designs are really highlighted black contributions, um, inventions and success across the globe. Um, one of my favorites being the improvements to the light bulb, um, that pink, 
you know, piece with, you know, the, the fabric wrapped around and then the chandelier hat with the jewels coming down. It was absolutely stunning. Um, it was just a sea of black models, black designer, well, black designer, black audience, black performers, black orchestra, black catering, black bar, DJ, you know, Clark. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Can't in the back after for the reception. It was just an amazing experience just to be engulfed in that kind of world. He knows exactly what he's doing every time he puts on, and my man is here to stay. He's a genius. So, congrats to him. But well, we have to keep the black excellence rolling because I have some news for you. Academy Award nominee Viola Davis will be releasing a memoir entitled Finding Me in April of 2022. The book will be published by Harper One in partnership with Ebony Magazine Publishing. The book tells her inspiring life story and how she became the woman she is today. So what are you going to do? You going to read it? I'm absolutely going to read this book. Um, Viola Davis is, she brings a lot of transparency and honesty to her characters on screen. So I do not doubt that she'll continue that in her own personal memoir. The woman is 55 years old, the most nominated actress in the Academy Award history. Um, she she is living her best life and i can't wait to hear from her own mouth um what it was like growing up poor in rhode island and becoming the most profound actors current day um you know to quote her she says she has a lot of compassion for uh people in general but she does have a lot of compassion for herself and i think that's the exact space in which she'll be writing this book so i cannot wait to see how far and how deep she goes with her story she's an incredible woman I love viola I love it. She's such a role model. She's such a game changer. And uh, I have something else for all of us to check out. NBA superstar Carmela Anthony is set to relaunch his YouTube series, What's in Your Glass, in a new format. The show All About Wine is returning as a podcast in partnership with Cadence 13. And we'll be dropping all new episodes starting Thursday, July 22nd. So, Bex, I have to ask you, are you in store for Carmelo's new podcast? I'm definitely tuning in and I'm pouring myself a glass to watch this as well. <laughs> well, not to listen to it because obviously doing some research, he's had almost everybody in the industry on his uh, YouTube series, which will now be a podcast. Jamie Foxx, Tiffany Haddish, Patti LaBelle, uh, Michael Strahan. Like he, he has the reach. So, you know, these conversations are going to be quite entertaining. And once you're sipping on something sweet, who knows where the conversation will go. So I'm most definitely ready to um, tune into this podcast. And it's really interesting to watch people that we don't know um, in different disciplines really expound and, you know, be excited in these new spaces and what he really sounds and looks like um, in something that isn't quite, you know, expected of him. So I'm really excited to tune in for this. Congratulations to Carmela Anthony. I love it. And I have to ask you, are you a red wine yeah. or a white wine kind of girl? I'm a white wine kind of girl, for sure, for sure. You never wrong with that. And yourself? with that, but look. Oh, me, I like red wine. Come on, with the Pinot. Pinot, you know. Pinot, you know, right. Yo, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and we definitely got to do this again. But all right, we have to keep the black excellence going. And I'm sure many of you seen that we lost a legend recently. His name is Biz Marquis. He's the guy behind the famous song, Just a Friend. He recently passed away at the age of 57. If you didn't know, Biz is a pioneer in hip hop and encyclopedia knowledge when it comes to the culture. He leaves behind his wife, Tara, and so many fans, including myself. Rest in power, Biz. Let's take a look.
just a friend And you say he just a friend Oh baby different type of video because like I wanted to do that type of record because everybody's doing there's instant gangsters coming up right now so I wanted to do I just did things my way so tell them how you usually introduce yourself I am the diabolical energetical poetical numerical and lyrical man Beyonce Emma's Emma's A-R-K-I-E best of Zim in the point of our king and the fact that you ever tried this me and Fred disability text you correct how it's gonna be in the future we was planning Everything sounded so dandy and sweet I had no idea I was in for a treat After this was established, everything was cool The tour was over and she went back to school I called every day to see how she was doing Every time that I called her, it seemed something was brewing I called the rumor, got picked up and then I called her again I said, yo, who is that? Oh, he's just a friend What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. You might know me from The Breakfast Club, and I'm heavily invested into real estate. What attracted me about the real estate industry, honestly, is uh, there's not going to be any more dirt made. Um, that's one thing that they're not going to make more of. I know in the music industry, uh, we don't have a retirement plan. There's no retirement fund. There's no 401k, so you have to create your own. And for myself, the way that I can support my family and make sure I continue to create uh, generational wealth is through real estate. Some of the pitfalls I I encountered was not knowing, not having the information. There's a lot of things with real estate that you can cut a lot of corners. For instance, I'll just give you one. Uh, a lot of our properties that we own are all the same color. And the reason that they all the same color is not because we don't have style or we only like the color gray, it's because we buy in bulk. And when we buy in bulk, we can have, you know, gallons and gallons of gray paint, which saves us a lot of money on the long run. Well, there's many different ways to get into the real estate industry. There's tenants, there's flips, and then there's wholesaling. And that's pretty much, uh, if you think about it like this, I find somebody that has a house that's trying to sell that is a good deal, and then I find somebody that is willing to buy it. So actually, you're like the middleman, but you make money off of it. I think it's very important for, for minorities to really get into real estate. If you think about it, that's one of the things that, in my opinion, have always been safe in this, in this country. Thanks for joining us, man. I want to see you guys bidding against me. I want to see you guys as homeowners. And if you need anything, you can always at me on Instagram at DJNV. And uh, we'll be back. All right. More Revolt Black News on the way. What's up, Revolt fam? It's Rochelle Ritchie. And with the country starting to open back up, that means the return of music and tours. And so we wanted to give a special music spotlight to a very talented artist coming out of L.A. His name Blast. Blast, thank you so much for joining me here on Revolt Black News. I'm so excited to talk to you about your deluxe project that you just released, the No Love Loss, and you're also going on tour uh, as well. Especially, you know, this is a little bit of a nervous time to actually go on tour and have live events since we're still kind of in the midst of uh, the pandemic but you're gonna get out there and perform live for your fans. Tell me how excited you are 
to actually get on stage uh, for the first time in what I would assume is a year. Right. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, it's my first tour, so I'm, I'm curious to see how I'm going to last on the road, if I'm going to like it, if I'm going to love it. But um, overall, performing is, is my favorite part of even being an artist. So to get that energy from the fans, I look forward to that. So how are you preparing to be on tour? I mean, are you ready to sleep on the bus? Are you ready to, you know, share all this this very small space with all of your team and all of that? How are you preparing to be on tour since it's your first one? For the most part, I'm just, I'm trying to learn how to maintain my voice. That's what I've been practicing. It's what a vocal trainer. And um, I'm not even sure how we going about it yet as far as a bus or a plane. So that's still up in the air right now, but yeah. And I saw on your Instagram that are you pretty much sold out at this point? Yeah, we sold out. We sold out as soon as we dropped the uh, the date. So yeah, that was crazy for me. I didn't I didn't expect New York to sell out and expect Toronto to sell out. You know, especially being from the West Coast, but it shows that the music speaks for sure. Absolutely. And you started your career in 2015 and then you really took off in 2019 with your single Hurt. And you did that as an independent artist. I mean, you know, during this time, being an independent independent artist, I'm sure, is extremely difficult because you don't have uh, the support, you know, you would typically have of a label to continue to push and promote your, your music and your art. Um, how are you doing that on your own and how challenging has that been? Uh, I mean, early on, I feel like it was just every day for me, like me being hands-on from producing to doing all my graphic arts. And I also did post-production on my music videos. Um, I mix all my music, write all my music, of course. But um, mm -hmm. I had also the opportunity to do a partnership with Red Bull Music. So I'm working with them right now, currently. Uh, Red Bull Records, I'm sorry, Red Bull Records. And uh, mm -hmm. I've been releasing, I released No Love Lost with them and the deluxe as well. Awesome, and your your single Hurt that I just mentioned a minute ago had two million um, plays on Spotify. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you saw that, when you hit that two million mark, just tell me what your reaction was to that. Man, I was crazy, especially independently. Like, I never had a million of anything, so <laughs> to get a million streams was dope, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's exciting. And now you're part of this program, which I didn't know about, um, Amazon's Breakthrough Artists. You're one of uh, the top artists um, in that program. Can you tell me a little bit um, about that program and how it's helped you develop as an artist? It's been dope working with them, um, just coming up with different creative ideas that we can promote the music and brand the music. We actually came up with this uh, car wash where they're going to rebrand it to where for my project, was, which is the six tape. And it's like a rebrand of the whole car wash when you're getting your, uh, your towels and air fresheners. It's all branded and took over by Amazon Music. You obviously are going to have a ton of stuff that you're going to continue to work on. I see right now, it looks like you're in your studio right now working. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about some of the different projects that you have coming up and something that you're interested um, in doing and tackling that you haven't done yet when it comes to your artistry. Yeah, so right now I got the six tape two 
with um my boy Bina Rideau. And yeah, I'm working on my solo project as well. I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting my foot in the door. So I got to keep that consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that you want to say to your fans or the people that are going to come um, to your to your shows that you have scheduled? Yeah, expect a, a great show. You know, we've been locked up for a minute, so I got to make sure I go all out for each and every one of y'all. Absolutely. Well, Blast, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Revolt Black News and taking the time out of your busy schedule. And I wish you the best of luck on your tour. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing your platform. All right, Ebony, it's back to you. Rochelle and Blast, thank y'all so much for that new music spotlight. Indeed, we all could use a bright light with everything going on across the globe. So with that, y'all, let's go back to what's happening in South Africa and Haiti, Cuba, and frankly, what's also going on in places like Nigeria, Ethiopia, and elsewhere across the world. Now listen, here at Revolt Black News, we're gonna be all over this, and we will give you updates as they come in in the following weeks. But I want you to remember one imperative thing. Remember that while each of these countries absolutely have black people there, each one of these places has their own sensitive and unique political framework. So while what's happening in one place might not impact what's happening to us here in America in the same way, all these countries are different situations and we have to remember that. So as you approach your understanding of what's happening in Haiti, Cuba, South Africa, and elsewhere, do yourself and everyone else a favor. Step one, look up the history. Step two, listen to multiple folks on the ground for perspective and insight. And then step three, repeat steps one and two. Because listen, I get it, y'all. It's easy for any of us to jump to conclusions and predictions or just parrot talking points that we hear every day. But let's remember, we don't really know a lot about the black experience that these individuals are having across the globe. So let's all do a lot less talking and let's do a lot more learning. For Revolt Black News, I'm Ebony K. Williams. See you next time. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.